Hello, everyone, and welcome to Three Words, a bite-sized podcast about the very simple and yet strategic choices that you can make in order to become the best version of yourself. My name is Dr. Michael Brown, and I am the host of Three Words Podcast, and I am joined today by none other than Amy Seifert, one of my dear friends and motivational speaker, author, uh, person, human being extraordinaire, (laughs) and I'm so excited to be able to engage in this particular conversation with you uh, in, as we've used the term many times, a very unsettling, Mm. a very challenging, and a very difficult time in the life of our nation. And so we're going to have a very, I think, sobering, and if I may say sacred conversation about these three words. Check your privilege. Check your privilege. Now, some of you might be thinking, should I turn this off? Do I want to listen to something as probing and as deep as this? Yes, particularly if you are white. Mm -hmm. In fact, Amy and I are going to engage in this conversation, a conversation that a lot of our brown and black friends would love to initiate with a lot of their folks and say, have this conversation about checking our privilege. Lead the way, Amy. Okay, this is a shameless plug for it. It's an Instagram handle. Check your privilege. So, if nothing else, people should go and follow. Fantastic. You know, her name is Maisha Hill. And I love following her because she challenges me to mm. check my privilege daily on Instagram. Um, it's, it's wonderful. But, and even the idea of checking your privilege, like what does that even mean? Yeah. You know, let's explore that a little bit. It's, it's recognizing your attitudes or your views that say you inherently have a place of privilege or prominence mm. in this, in this, in this nation right now. Right. And so to keep, keep our privilege in check, it's like those moments you realize, oh, that's, that's privilege talking right there. Mm. Um, for instance, I was talking with a great friend who happens to be a black male the other night. And I was describing just a date night I was having with my husband and we're getting creative in the pandemic and how do we do this? And so we've been riding our bikes downtown, grabbing a bite to eat ice cream, whatever, and then riding our bikes back home. And it's, it's dusk, sometimes dark. And, and Rob and I feel both like, a little bit like these teenagers who are trying to like make it back home before the end of, you know, before dark. And, and as we're rolling in, it just feels so fun to have the, the sun setting. And mm. I was just describing this to my friend and he is looking at me like, yeah, that's not for me. I would not be riding my bike in dark in our town. And as you were sharing that story with your black friend, yeah, it didn't even occur to you no. that he would be like, that's not for me. Like, what are you even talking about? What did he, what did he say after He's that? like, that's not freedom. That's danger. Mm. And I was like, you are so right. And in my, I just didn't even see it. Just describing a normal day. Yeah. And I think the deal with checking your privilege is you can sometimes then have this downward spiral of feeling guilty yeah. for having this privilege. But our our dear friend, Steve Risky, who's our my pastor as well, was like, no, as I was describing this to him. And he was like, that's the goal isn't then to feel shame and guilt for this. What we want is these privileges for everyone. Everyone should be able to ride their bike at night with their husband or wife or girlfriend and enjoy that and feel yeah. like they're fine and safe. You know, and so these moments of checking your privilege, it's not to center ourselves in the narrative. There's been enough of that. Yeah, for sure. We need to decenter, see it, see our privilege, decenter ourselves and then say, all right, 
I'm going to work for this to be for everyone. Yeah. Like everyone should have the ability to ride a bike at night, to exercise during the day. So, so you had two responses when, when you were having this conversation with your friend, you could have experienced white guilt. Yeah. And I did for a minute. Okay. So then you, then you, then you changed the trajectory and you pivoted and said, no more white guilt, white grit. So I think when I think about privilege, I think I don't want to have white guilt because I am white and I experience privilege. And I don't need to feel bad about that. In fact, when we're having these conversations with a lot of our white friends, at times they feel like, you're trying to make me feel bad. You're trying to make me feel guilty. No, we want to just acknowledge it and then actually spread the love, help grit to actually say, no, what can I do to actually make sure, as you said, every human being can experience that same kind of privilege? Because that privilege that you just mentioned it isn't this like extraordinary, unbelievable privilege to ride your bike home. That seems like a pretty basic privilege that we as white humans have taken for granted. Yes. And it was eye-opening to me to have this conversation of like, I hate that for you. I hate that you feel like that's off limits. This, it just, it, it broke me. And yeah. I felt like, oh my And then just sort of this, like you're saying, this awareness, seeing it and being like, okay, where are the places that I just think are normal, but it's the white world um, that, that my black and brown friends don't have access. And you could have made that about you and you could have felt like that shame and that sense of guilt we talked about, but you immediately said, no way. I want that for you and I'm sad for you because typically what happens when we start talking about privilege, if I say to, a, a, to to most white friends, check your privilege, immediately defenses go up. Right. It's not about being defensive. It's it's It should be this sense of, oh, really? Yeah. That's so sad for others who don't experience what I experience as opposed to, well, who are you to say and who are you to point out? And I've worked hard for this life that I live because I think in many ways when we hear privilege – we tend to think, well, no, the reason I'm experiencing privileges is because I've worked hard. Right. And because I have given it everything I've got that, that all of life is about, and I teach this, right? DMB coaching, we emphasize this, that all of life is about choices, that we can choose our way into a better tomorrow. And yet I have a level playing field on which to begin to make those choices where a lot of my brown and black friends, they have to start way behind to even get to a place where their choices can begin to create a better tomorrow for them. Absolutely. Like we didn't choose the color of our skin. Here we are. Like, mm-hmm. th- what do we do, you know, with all this and not even, it's not even to, to pity my black and brown friends, but it's to say, I'm going to leverage my privilege yes. and to say, um, we need to have some equity. We need to lift you up. What do I, how do I do this? That's, I even love Latasha Morrison. The way, she, the way she describes this process is to listen, learn, lament, and then leverage. Mm-hmm. And the listening is both to our black and brown brothers and sisters and also to our own stories and seeing what is there, recognizing this and then saying, all right, it's time to speak up, stand up, do something, um, and fight for, equity and justice and yeah. privilege for all thriving that we would thrive by riding a bike at night. Like yeah. this is not, that's all we're asking. I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, again, it's the first step toward ex- ex- encouraging a equitable reality for every human being yes. in our nation, particularly as the United States, as we, as we live here, we are Americans, but what does that look like? Not just to be able to ride a bike, but to be able to have the, the, 
the career of your choice, to be able to get an education at a place that you choose and and to begin to do that. And I think that we tend to think that there's only so much to go around. And so I think we think if I give some of my privilege away or if I leverage my privilege, I'm going to have less and you're going to have more. Yeah, I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose. No, we all rise together. Yes. Um, In actually a previous podcast with Pastor Sammy, we talked about Black Lives Matter were our three words. And we talked about, well, actually Sammy injected into our conversation this notion that difference is beautiful and equity is fantastic and we all will rise and our lives are better. Richer. And there's richer, more meaningful. Uh, We miss out when we live in our little bubble of privilege without seeing the rest of the world as we know. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, are you, how are you doing this, Michael? Like, how are you checking your privilege on the regular, on the daily? Like, what does this look like for you? I just acknowledge that privilege. And I think one of the things that I'm doing personally is I have created, and I think I've shared this with you, a list of my brown and brown and black friends that I'm beginning to engage in very personal one-on-one conversations with. First, just to ask how they're doing in the midst of this challenging time. I mean, we're hearing story after story after story, and they come out every week. Or every couple of weeks. And for those who may be thinking, are we going to keep talking about this topic? Well, it keeps happening. It's not like we're talking about something from a year ago or two years ago. We're talking about this past week with Jacob Blake. We're having a conversation from two weeks ago about, I mean, it just keeps happening. Example after example after example. And I want to sit with my friends and say, how are you feeling? But then also tell me your story. Mm -hmm. Tell me your story. And because what happens is if I don't think systemic racism exists. Right. If I don't think that I have privilege, typically typically I'm guessing is what's happening is I don't have close brown and black friends. Yeah. So for instance, when someone comes to me and, and we've actually lost followers on our podcast, we've gotten some pretty interesting emails and mm. some really um, frustrated individuals that said, Michael, you're talking a lot about this stuff. <laughs> and the reason I'm talking a lot about this stuff is because it's so important. Yeah. And if they say to me things like, well, I don't think systemic racism exists, or I don't think this is a really an issue, or we need to do this. I say, well, I'm just curious though. What do your black or brown friends who are having dinner at your house regularly, what do your brown or black friends that you're spending time with in your home, how, what are they saying about these, these, uh, these current events? Well, usually there's silence because if you don't have relationship, right. You can disregard this. But if you have real relationships with real people, and for me, it's over a hundred now that I actually am interacting with, and the stories are all similar. There's similar themes all over the country. Yes. Um, whether they are in their 60s or whether they're 16 or whether they're professionals, PhDs, non-PhDs, I mean, whatever, different walks of life, different gender, different sexual orientation, different even ethnicities, but still brown or black, the stories are so similar. I can't disregard that. Right. And so for me, how I feel it most, and I've had my friends say this to me, is I am spending time in building these relationships. When my black and brown friends are with me in public, they feel safer Mm. and they feel more at ease in some of the difficult places that we might go because of my white privilege. And I take that for granted. Mm. But I also am not feeling guilty about it. I like what you said. I want to leverage it. Yes. I want to leverage it. Yeah. Um, one of the ways or several ways that I'm checking my privilege is I have a stack of books here um, that I have read. I've read all of these in the last eight weeks. Okay. 
Um, and wow. I feel like educating ourselves, mm-hmm. seeing just what you're saying, listening to stories, hearing it, seeing ourselves in juxtaposition of this learning, leveraging. I just want to highlight, um, humankind by Ashley Island. She is, um, a black female, female pastor up in Michigan, just North of us. Amazing. Um, white awake, get ready. So good. Daniel Hill. <laughs> I'm still here. Um, black dignity in a world made for whiteness by Austin Shanning Brown. My book club did this. Mm. We had quite, we're all white suburban moms and we were like, we need this. And it was so good. Um, and then be the bridge. This is in the church context, but on racial reconciliation healing. But I think the more we read and educate, mm-hmm. we can leverage what we are learning. We can sit and lament in the stories we're hearing. We can, we can keep our own privilege in check and we can say, all right, let's do this together. Let's lift others up. Yeah. This good hard work. And if I can even just uh, speak to our white friends who might be listening right now about this topic of check your privilege. Uh, I love the fact that you're reading those books and I have been reading as well. And what's interesting, a lot of my friends have said to me, well, I want you to read these books. These actually provide a different perspective on this. And so I want to say to you and I want to say to you and I want to say to myself that we would be willing to read not just those things that reinforce the beliefs and the values we currently possess, but that we're willing to read and willing to dive in and to listen and to hear other perspectives, which I think is, again, a lost art in our culture. And so I know for me, I am with you and I am leveraging my white privilege. I am speaking about these things. I'm using my voice because I do believe, of course, all lives matter, but also (laughs) black lives matter. And it's interesting, even with the hurricane that went through Mm -hmm. uh, Houston and in New Orleans and so forth, Laura, Hurricane Laura, I heard someone recently said, "Oh, well, oh, my rainstorm was bad too. My weather's important. Why are we talking so much about Hurricane Laura? It's that same idea. Yes, of course, your your your, your weather's important in right. the fact that you had a right. rainstorm. But there's something about Hurricane Laura that brings us to to a point of attention. So that said, we, I, I'm with you on this, and we need to have these conversations. But I'm also, I'll be honest, there are those who are dear friends of mine who are taking issue with some of the things that we've said today." And have said, I don't believe in privilege. I don't believe in systemic racism. And I, and for a variety of reasons. And so I'm actually, Amy, beginning to read those books, listen to those podcasts. Yeah. I don't want to ever be the person who's only continuing to listen and reinforce my ideas. I need to be able to enter in. I want to be an activist, but I want to be a thoughtful, empathetic activist that leans in. Mm-hmm. And understands and looks at all the perspectives without judgment. Yeah. Now, I'm going to obviously be able to critique, but without judging you, I want to understand. I want to listen to you. And so I think this is a good first step to have this conversation. And there's going to be more podcasts about these things. But Amy, thank you. Thank you for being a teacher to me. Thank you for modeling the way um, as my white friend <laughs> to really take the time to pause, to ponder, and to check our privilege. For life coaching, consulting services, or to hire a keynote speaker, please visit dmbcoaching.com.